Rivers Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Thank you, Mike and Zara, for leading us in worship this morning. Thank you, Mr. Joe. You're not too bad for an amateur. Did I just say that out loud? Well, we'll round of applause. Thank you. We are still in our sermon series, Galatians. Freedom from sin is found in Jesus. Freedom from sin is found in Jesus. But also another tagline that we've mentioned that we could say about the book of Galatians, kind of the glue that holds the three sections of Galatians together would be this. It would be Paul's defense of grace. That's what we see in the book of Galatians. Paul is defending God's grace and how God's grace is what leads to our faith in Jesus, that gift given freely, which ultimately leads to our eternal salvation. Let's pray. Lord, we are here together this morning to continue to worship you through the proclamation of your word. Lord, I just pray for us here at Villas Grace Church that we can look at your word as being our conviction. I pray that we can continue to find absolute truth, unpenetrable truth in your word, especially as we all still reside and deal with the ways of this world. Your word is our defense. Lord, use us to share that truth with others. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, according to Hollywood, quicksand is a living creature. Now, I go back in time. Even some modern day movies as well. But historically in Hollywood, quicksand has always been looked upon as this living creature that can suck you down into this bottomless pit. But in reality, this couldn't be further from the truth. See, quicksand is not a living creature. That's first and foremost. Second of all, quicksand is not a bottomless pit. In fact, it's usually only just a few feet deep. However, those few feet could keep you immobilized. And speaking of being immobilized, do you know how one becomes stuck? In quicksand? What is it that actually would cause you to be stuck if you found yourself in quicksand? What is it that has to happen in order for that to be a reality? See, what it is is this. Movement. The more you move, the further you sink. As the body moves, the sand collapses. However, there is an antidote to this. And that antidote is to relax. One can actually float in quicksand. And this is due to the body being less dense than the actual sand itself. Church, this is like the law that we've been discussing over and over again in the book of Galatians. See, when we go through the motions of the law, it's just like sinking in quicksand. The more we attempt to keep our sinful flesh in check by actually keeping the law, the further we become imprisoned to that law. 
Today, Paul is telling us something. He's saying, relax. Stop going through the motions. He's saying the freedom that's only found in Jesus, that same freedom that's purposed to love others, is for us to love God as well. And after all, the Bible does say just that. Now, doesn't it? It says we are to love God and others alike. We are to, as it says today, love our neighbor as ourselves. This, my brothers and sisters, is how we can fulfill every square inch of the law. There is no other way to fulfill the law other than loving God and loving others. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. And that title is this, Ever-Loving Freedom. Ever-Loving Freedom. We're going to be in the book of Galatians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, please feel free to follow along. If not, no worries. Like always, the verses will be on your screen Chapter 5, verses 13, 14, and 15 is what we're covering this morning. But we must remember what we covered last week first, because everything is building upon itself. Last week, we were encouraged to know that God's grace alone is actually what leads to salvation. In fact, His grace is a gift, not a sales pitch. Ultimately, we recognize that the world's persuasion, which was the title of our sermon last week, lacks a very vital component. See, as this world that we live in attempts to persuade us, there is something within that persuasion that is lacking. And what is lacking is this. Grace. God's grace. So today we're going to expand upon just that. We're going to expand upon God's grace and we're going to be encouraged in our freedom. The freedom only found in Jesus. We're going to be encouraged in what to do as free men and women according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So without saying anything further, allow our text to do our speaking for us. Galatians chapter 5 verses 13, 14, and 15. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Amen. These three verses bring us to this one main idea, and this one sentence defines all three verses, and that sentence is this. True freedom in Christ is to lovingly serve others. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? True freedom in Christ is to lovingly serve others. We often assume, though, that children are innocent, don't we? Now when you look at this photo. But to a certain extent, it is true. To a certain extent. I mean, children are perhaps a bit innocent. 
They haven't been exposed to all the ways of the world yet, but are they completely innocent? I mean, after all, who taught you how to sin? Did you attend some sin academy or did you graduate from sin university? No, I I didn't think so. Even children display rebellion now, don't they? In defiance from their first days on earth, in fact, straight from the womb, this behavior begins. Therefore, it's appropriate to say that we've all been born into sin, which is evidenced by our possessing our very own sin nature. Church, this is our old self. Those of us who have a saving faith in Jesus, that sin nature is our old self. The self who Paul is warning us not to give opportunity to here this morning in our text. And he is warning us because we've been, as he says, called to freedom in Jesus and not freedom as opportunity for the flesh. After all, how could we serve one another if we're busy serving our flesh? Verses 13 and 14. And before we observe verse 13, we should note one very important thing. Our old nature has yet to be fully eradicated. See, we need to keep this in mind as we understand that we've been, as Paul writes, called to freedom. The old nature or the old self is enslaved to its own sinfulness. However, our new nature or our new self is free. Church, we need to face facts. As you sit here this morning, you need to face facts. You need to face reality. We all have moments where the old nature rears its ugly head up into our current reality now, don't we? So for any of you who seek perfection, right there's the door. Right there. If you're here seeking perfection, the the door is there. It says exit. You're free to, to leave because Villa's Grace Church is not the place for you. After all, we're all in the same boat. Since the recollection of our first memories here on earth, no one ever had to teach us to sin. There is footage of someone teaching us how to sin that doesn't exist if we think that it does We were born into sin. So judging from verse 13, it's apparent that sinful behavior is what actually comes natural to each and every one of us. And we know that this is true because Paul writes this. And listen, this is what Paul says. He says, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. I really like what Charles Spurgeon has to say here. See, Spurgeon said this, and I quote, Remember. Liberty from sin is not liberty to sin. So before we continue, I think it's appropriate to address our hope. We no longer are attached 
to our old self. Our hope in the day when Jesus returns. That is our hope. Because when Jesus returns, we will no longer be attached to our old self. But however, until then, we have some work to do. Work in which we're able to accomplish because Jesus has freed us from the power of sin and has given us, as Paul writes again, the freedom and power to do as it says at the end of verse 13. What does Paul say? The work in which we're supposed to do is to, through love, serve one another. And this reveals the contrast that's actually being declared in verse 13. See, either we can use our freedom to sin, or we can use our freedom to serve. Sin or serve. Church, it's the latter that brings honor and glory to God. Therefore, let's discuss just a few ways that we can love and serve one another. When serving there is an attitude we should eradicate. There's an attitude that each and every one of us do have because of the sin nature that we were born into that we actually need to eradicate from our vocabulary. In fact, there's a phrase in which we should eradicate, and this phrase speaks volumes into our attitude. So let's depict it this way. Imagine you're shopping. And an employee in the store in which you're shopping comes up to you and asks the question after you have some goods in hand and they realize you need some help. They come up to you and ask this question. And this is the attitude in which we all need to eradicate. They ask this. They say, is that all? What do you think they're really saying? Hey, I only do the bare minimum. I only serve with the least amount of effort possible. Church, this cannot be our attitude. Now, for the attitude in which we should adopt, same situation, you're shopping, and an employee is coming up to help you, and then they ask this question instead of the other question. They ask, is there anything else I could help you with? What do you think is really being said? See, what's really being said is, I know that you don't have all that you need, or I don't know that you just have a need, but rather you have needs. So let me know how I can help you fulfill each one. So for those of us here, we all have either one of these two attitudes. And today, I think it's appropriate to call some people out that have the wrong attitude. So I'm going to name names and give examples. I'm joking. I would never do that. Some of you thought you were going to get put on the hot seat today. I'm not going to do that to you. But what I am going to do, I'm going to name some people that I do know, and I'm going to give some examples of those who I do know for sure has the attitude that asks the question, is there anything else? Those of us here who know that there aren't just a need to fulfill, but rather know that there are needs to be Fulfilled. Mr. Eddie, well, I'm going to start off with you. You're on the right side of the fence today, my friend. Thanks for making our coffee. 
Thank you. Miss Hallie, thanks for your constant and consistent prayers. Mr. Bill, thanks for taking care of our security. Mr. Mike, thanks for overseeing our finances as well as our buildings and grounds. Ms. Kathy, thanks for your constant encouragement and your leadership. Ms. Hope, Ms. Heather, Ms. Melissa, Ms. Lindsay, thanks for serving our children. Pastor Steve, Pastor Jared, Mr. Greg, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, you should actually clap so loud for this one. I didn't say what they did yet. Uh, you guys are something else. Are we going through the motions? No. No. Thanks for preaching and teaching the gospel. Amen, right? <laughs> Mr. Norm, thanks for being our resident electrician. Mike, Zara, Mr. Joe, thanks for your leadership and being part of our worship team. Church. Maybe I didn't list your name, but the list goes on and on. We could really be here all day. I think you get my point. You understand the idea. See, the best remedy for the old self, that old nature, that sinfulness, is for us to focus on service so we don't focus on sin. Brothers and sisters, because we focus on sin, or when we focus on sin, what really happens is we succumb to the law and then attempt to use the law to justify the sins we commit. We foolishly tell ourselves, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. Come on. I'm not that bad. Because after all, I do do some good. No, Jesus did the only good that ever needed to be done. In his death, his burial, and his resurrection that leads to God's grace is what gives us the freedom. And this also is what it looks like to justify yourselves before God by using the law when you don't take advantage of the freedom that you have in Christ to serve others. When you take that advantage of that freedom by giving in to your sin, it's no different than attempting to wiggle your way out of quicksand. Because the more you move according to the law, the more immobilized you therefore become and then are enslaved. However, to fulfill the entirety of the law, as we see here in our text, church, to do that, we need to lovingly serve one another. We see that the law is fulfilled in one word now, don't we? The law is fulfilled in one word because we are loving God and others alike because we are doing what verse 14 proclaims. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, church. That is our defense before God. Loving our neighbor as ourself is our defense before the Lord. What is not our defense before the Lord is the law. God's not impressed 
by the good that you think that you do on your own in order to impress him. You know why? Because you came out the womb sinning. The only way that can be made up for is by having a saving faith in Jesus. The only way you can have a saving faith in Jesus is to accept God's grace. And this brings us to our first point. The law is fulfilled when we love and serve others. We make the mistake of thinking that the law is fulfilled when we do a certain amount of good, or if we do a little bit more good than bad, or however you want to shake it up. But no, the law is fulfilled when we love and serve others. And the only way that we can effectively do that is together. Miss Hallie? Thank you. Again, our main idea this morning is this. True freedom in Christ is to lovingly serve others. To truly be free in life is actually when we love and serve others. But on the contrary, the world tries to get us to believe that freedom is found when we can do what we want. We can make our own decisions. And a lot of times, financial incentive is attached to that. If you have just enough finances, you're free to make whatever decision you want to make and do whatever it is that you want to do, but that is not true at all. That's a lie. The only true freedom is found in Christ, and that's to lovingly serve others. This right here that you're looking at is a photograph of what it looks like when we serve our flesh and not one another. So when we do not serve one another, this is exactly what we get. But however, we need to be extremely careful because this doesn't happen physically. And that's the trick. A lot of times we think that, oh, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see the physical ramifications of this behavior. But it's not. It doesn't happen physically. We do not physically bite and devour one another, as our text tells us this morning. But rather, we bite and devour one another spiritually. So church... We need to allow this to be a physical depiction of an unseen spiritual truth. Verse 15. As you look at this verse, understand that this is an indication that those in Galatia, those who Paul is specifically writing to here, he's also writing to us as well, but those who he's specifically writing to had been failing in their love and service. Church, we must be careful. We must allow or not allow for this to be, or let's actually allow for it to be. We need to allow for this verse in particular to be a warning for us. See, when we fail to love and serve others, spiritually we bite and devour one another. It's natural for wolves and dogs to bite each other. That's natural. I would expect a dog to bite a dog or a wolf to bite a wolf. But I remember on one of my very first days in seminary, one of my first times in class, my professor made a comment and I jotted down this note and I will never forget, hopefully never, but maybe I shouldn't use an absolute. I hope I never forget 
what I wrote down that day. And he wrote this down. And what he wrote, what he said was this. He said, sheep bite. Sheep bite. Church, I'll take a canine bite any day of the week over a sheep bite. See, wolves and dogs are the world. I would expect the world to bite me. I would expect the world to bite you. They don't know any better now, do they? However, sheep are the church. And when we bite and devour one another, it hurts more. The pain lasts longer. The wounds take longer to heal. Do you know why that this is true? See, there's more pain in a sheep bite. The wound's going to take a little bit longer to heal when you get bit by a sheep. In fact, the reason why this is true is because we don't move on from conflict. In the church, we embrace it. And the reason why we embrace conflict is because we understand our old nature, that old self that was born into sin. So we understand, since we are still lugging that 16-pound bowling ball around like a ball and chain, that conflict will happen because I'm going to, you're going to, we all are going to drag that sinfulness into situations. But we embrace the conflict when it happens. And we do this through the perspective of the gospel. See, the world moves on without any resolution. The dog-eat-dog -dog world will bite one another and then move on but never seek resolution. The world avoids conflict. Brothers and sisters, churches are not destroyed externally. An external source is not going to take this church down. No. Churches are destroyed internally and we must be vigilant do you hear the sternness in my voice it's not by mistake we must be vigilant as we can all be sheep who bite every last one of us. Let me give you some examples. One person gets offended but never goes to the offender and lets them know that they offended them. One person is in the church and wants hymns while the other wants more modern music. One person wants change while the other likes things just the way they are. One person thinks Mr. Eddie's coffee tastes like burnt plastic. The next person thinks he's quite the barista. Church, these are the exposed attitudes of those who use their freedom, as it says, 
opportunities for the flesh. So as Mike joins me, allow me to encourage all of us. We have to be better than this. This is the behavior of the world. These are the actions of those who do not know Jesus. However, since we do in fact know Jesus, we understand this attitude is the attitude that asks the question, is that all? Is that all? Instead of asking, is there anything else? After all, we're not about doing the bare minimum now, are we? In Jesus, we are better than serving with the least amount of effort possible. Church, as a team, let us commit to this one simple thing, and it gets no more simplistic than this. Love, don't bite. Serve, don't devour. After all, it's not about you, or is it? Jesus, in his work, his death, his burial, his resurrection has given us the power to freely serve one another. But we have to do this as a team. And when you're on a team, conflict will arise. And when that conflict does arise, never allow it to be swept under the rug. There are gospel truths. There are things that we can learn according to the good news when we embrace conflict because we can never forget where we started. And this brings us to our second point. The internal destruction of the church bears sinful bite marks. The internal destruction of a church bears sinful bite marks. Again, our first point this morning stated that the law is fulfilled when we love and serve others. And finally, our main idea this morning stated true freedom in Christ is to lovingly serve others. Lord, I want to pray specifically for us here at Villa's Grace. I pray that we can continue to learn your call upon us as a body of believers. We want to continue to pray that you use us to share your good news of salvation. We also want to pray that we continue to encourage each other in this good news, this, this blessing that you have given us to be saved by grace through faith in the work of Jesus. no matter what it is that we see ourselves up against. Teach us, Lord, to humble ourselves, to rely upon you in the freedom that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. It is in his name that we pray. Thank you Amen. for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.